Yeah, I can't tell you. The funniest conversation I had today was Heather's like, when we go to the grocery store, should we strip naked when we come back in? I'm like, I would love that. When can we start? (laughs) (laughs) And cut. (laughs) Title, strip naked. (laughs) That's going to be one of my positives when we start talking in a few minutes here. I'm just letting you know. So last last week's title was I Blame Romac. This week is Fifty Shades of Romanac. Yeah, they're, they're all red. Was- Every shade I have is red. Right. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. <laughs> so, you, did you want to kick things off? You want me to? Kick yeah. So, off? who's who's running the show today? <laughs> I I think it's me. I think it is. <laughs> That's I just got Come on, Mister Type you, A. Let's get our act together. What, a, what an awesome leader I am. Lead us, Paul. Lead yeah. us. All right. So. For this week, uh, the topic that we thought we'd chat about um, is we're still going the COVID nineteen the um, this this virus issue and how we deal with that. And so we thought we'd spin it this week and talk a little bit about how this situation we we've started to see some positives come out of it. You know, we're we're still processing things. Certainly, we're seeing this new normal, and we're starting to pivot from the anxiety and the fear and dealing with the initial shock. And starting to learn that we can choose to see things in a different light and choose to put some constraints around whenever in history there's been some constraints around something, um, other great things have come out of that. My question to to all of you is, what positive have you have you seen come out of this this situation? Being home all the time, being socially distanced, maybe from other people, being home with your family. You know, is it a a change of priority or just looking at a different perspective or I'll just open it up. What's been, what's been the positives out of all this craziness? Yeah, I guess for me, my honeydew list has grown. You um, know, is, is, is that a positive? Um, did you not hear me say positive? Uh, well, I really uh, like honeydew. Yeah, I, I do like donuts now. I, I am adopting the um, large waistband, um, you know, sweatpants. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I would say uh, the whole, hey, how can I reach out to my fellow neighbor? That's mm. awesome and, and reaffirming for me. See, you know, a neighbor... You know, reaching out and saying, hey, is there anything I can do for you? I'm going to the grocery store or neighbors are out there shoveling walks and just making sure they're checking in on their neighbors and, and doing simple things like that. And so it makes me feel like things are, you know, on the up and up because people aren't just, you know, hunkering down and hanging out. Um, my church is really embracing this whole reach out to the community in a technology way, which because I'm a geek at heart, our pastor and a couple other uh, leaders in the church have this, um, what they call morning wake-up call, where they have a video conference from 8 to 9, and they kind of do the morning news, but the morning news is all from, you know, what's going on. They kind of joke around. They, you know, they talk about, um, you know, some things that are going on in the church in terms of all of the online opportunities for people to connect in Bible studies that they're doing online. And they're really kind of just really grasping the whole online community by the horns and you know wherever they think they can you know transform the old traditional well we meet in a a room at the church they're now just expanding that into and do a bible study then join this group on this day and they'll send you a zoom link 
you know, they're kind of really expanding that. And the worship team is just really the online presence. So there's something for everybody, which is totally awesome because it takes the traditional church and move it out of the four walls. Yeah, definitely. And it's certainly, you know, funny, something that we all thought, you know, all these kids are on their computer all the time. All they want to do is um, play video games and chat on discord and, and stuff. Right. And now the older generation having to get into that and be like, Hey, how do you guys do that? Hey, how do you use discord? How do you, you know, use zoom? So yeah, that's positive. People are out of their comfort zone, reaching out a little bit more. That's, that's awesome stuff. For me, my oldest daughter and I have been journeying the Oregon trail. (laughs) (laughs) I introduced Isabel to that this week. She's been determined to get across the nation. It's real funny because I just got an email from my office stating that two people tested positive for COVID-19. Oh, I thought you were uh, going to say two, two people but tested positive oh, for dysentery. I mean, for me, it doesn't doesn't affect anything because the last time I had any interactions with anybody was the end of February. But And I'm never in the office, but I work solely remote. It's just crazy how how close to home and real it gets. I actually talked to one of them that has it, and he's doing okay. Has some chest pains, had a little bit of a fever, is in good spirits. It's interesting. A lot of their their classes and courses are online. Hard to say. Oh no, you got to limit your screen time when it's like that's vital for operation these days. Going back to the whole making time, Drew and I just ended up playing a huge game of uh, of war tonight. She sorted the cards. I, every other card in my deck was an ace, so I wiped her clean. But uh, <laughs> she was so mad. Oh my gosh! The, the compassion, the compassionate yeah. father. Oh yeah, I just kept giggling. I hate, I hate <laughs> Monopoly. <laughs> An important skill is to learn how to lose gracefully. That's yeah. right. That's right. That's right. No, uh, uh-uh. uh, uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> Not when you introduce the game. When you introduce the game, and you're like, I can win this game, and then you get totally raked over the coals, and both your wife and daughter who hate playing Monopoly all of a sudden just take you to the bank and drain every last dollar out of you. Yeah, no, I don't like that. Sorry. Hello. It's called war. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> it's been good. It's been good. We've been kind of just, during the day is kind of tough, and, and especially because at night, because Heather works at UPS, and she's an essential employee, so she's in there. But during the day, I'm in the office, banging it out for what yeah. needs to be done for work, and they're doing school work, and different courses and then try to meet up for lunch and uh, i'll take that long trip across the driveway and head in the house <laughs> traffic is a bear it is it really is i had to shovel my way to the to the, to the house today yeah <laughs> but, why were you out there overnight while it was snowing no 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 no, no. <laughs> that sounds like a different marriage conversation adam <laughs> no doubt no, no, no. But it's been it's been good. It's been good trying to find ways to kind of bring the family together and yeah. and do meals and and take time out from the electronic world. That yeah, that that's awesome. I, I feel like that's been happening to us as well. Where you know on the you know we we don't you know we we look at the, we don't, we don't take that time for granted anymore. Um, we're actually eating at the dinner table. Where you know, spending time with each other, even if, you know, not necessarily playing board games and stuff every night, but I feel like there's something inherent in us that's saying, 
hey, I need human interaction. You know, Adam, like your wife, my wife is out and about as well. She's at a daycare, uh, still working. But, you know, coming home, you know, hanging out with us, I think is, is an important piece. Um, Romanek, what about you? I can think of a couple things. I, I am loving the slowed down pace of life. And I think you guys kind of already hit on this. But one of the things I was noticing the other day is that the level of stress in the house is just lower. I've got four kids and the three boys are very active. And when, when everything is on schedule, there's like one night a week that we don't have something going on. And now that's not even there. So with everything, the way it is, it's like all of the sudden we have our evenings free and I can like wrestle with the little ones and, and they are giggling and laughing and we're able to have some fun and I'm able to have conversations with Ben and, you know, having Gracie around because she hasn't been around all year. So it's been really awesome to have her around and be able to hang around with her. But on top of that, because the stress level is lower, like everybody's like nobody's losing tempers, you know, which is it's nice. You know, like we're all kind of we're not on each other's case and we're not losing our edges. And and that's been awesome. It's been really refreshing. And we've had a lot of time. And, you know, it's funny. I've been talking to the kids. I'm like, we're getting a lot of stuff done that we would have had to get done anyway, but we would have had a tighter timeline to do it. Getting some stuff done around the house, just getting some of the deep cleaning that we need to do for the spring and the yard work done. All of that stuff would have had to be done, but now we actually have the time to do it. We're not just trying to cram it in in between events. And that means that it's a less stressful exercise, but we get to do it right and have some fun doing it at the same time. So I've really loved that. And then it's been For me, one of the things I've really enjoyed is I actually got to get together with my youth group last week over technology, which has its own challenges. It's funny. I work with technology every day, and I'm still finding things in the technologies that I'm supposed to be selling and that I use every day that I didn't know how to do, and I'm trying to figure them out. Like Today, I set it up so I could stream my my meetings to YouTube, and I've never done that before, but on Friday, I got to sit down and talk to the kids and and just hear where they were at, you know, because the reality is I'm an adult. I've seen some hard stuff. I mean, I don't know that I've ever seen anything quite like this, but I've dealt with a lot of different things, but for a teenager or for a kid, or even for some of the adults that I interact with in my small group, this is kind of scary. There's a lot of stuff going on and it's kind of overwhelming. And I feel like I've been able to I spend a lot of time reading the news and understanding what's going on. And I'm not sucked in by some of the panic that's going on, but I have good information and an understanding of what this really looks like. And I'm able to come alongside and speak some truth into it, but also speak some hope and speak some, you know, like, Hey, listen, this is what it looks like. And here's what the percentages look like. And when they say this percentage, they don't mean of the population. They mean of the sick people. And, and of the sick people, you know, like just talking about some of that stuff, it's it 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 brings some peace to the situation because sometimes when you hear some of these percentages, you're like, oh my gosh, five percent of the population is going to die. Well, it's not quite like that. So let's slow down a second and look at what's going on, you know. And and what they know is when I go to the grocery store, they're only allowing me to grab two a bag of flour and two loaves of bread and blah blah blah. And they're like, why is that? Well, you know, some of that is because people don't know how to take care of each other. They're hoarding stuff. And they don't, their 
freaked out about making sure they're taken care of beyond what they actually need. They're giving guidance because that way everybody can be taken care of and you don't just run away with yourself. But we have an opportunity and, I, and I've really enjoyed this opportunity to just be peaceful, to be encouraging, to, to talk about some of the hope. And I don't know when the light at the end of the tunnel is like, I'm fairly, a fairly optimistic guy, but I just don't know. You know, I know what I think it looks like based on what I've seen in other places in the world where this is, has run or is running its course, but that doesn't mean that it's going to be exactly like that here. But I do know, and this is what I kept coming back to both in youth group and in small group tonight, we talked about a couple of verses and, and I do know that we serve a God that's bigger than the stuff. And, and the thing that I love about that is whatever happens, to live is Christ and to die is gain, right? So if I die and go to heaven, okay, let's go, you know? But if I live, then maybe I can bring a little bit of hope and light to this world by reflecting Jesus. The God that I serve knows what his plan is, and he works everything together for those that love him and called according to his purpose. And so I'm just trying to live that as best I can in all of my interactions, whether it's with my kids, my wife, my colleagues at work, the kids that I pastor, the small group that I run, the leadership at church, all of my friends, anybody I come in contact with, I'm just trying to be that hope. And and it's reminding me, you know, one of the things that I'm remembering is I have a bunch of neighbors that I barely know. Now, I've only been here for a year and a half, and in New England time, I might as well have never even moved here yet. I'm still like the new kid on the block. But it makes me want to get out and know them when this stuff clears over and spend some time investing into those relationships because I want to help more. I want to be present more. I want to impact more. And I can't do that if I don't know these guys. I was going to say, now's probably not the best time to knock on their doors. Like, hey, I'm your, I'm your neighbor. Um, <laughs> uh, housekeeping. How's, yeah. <coughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Uh. <laughs> You should say Becky. Yeah. <laughs> no, no joke, dude. Becky went outside yesterday to drive around in the car to feel a little bit better. You know, the neighbor who came out at the same time and he's like, Hey, how's it going? She's like, Oh, well, I just had to go in and get a COVID uh, 19 test. And, and he's like, Oh, and then we went back inside the house. <laughs> <laughs> That's, awesome. That's awesome. So, uh, Jonathan and I walked to the the CVS tonight. As I was actually, I would I would definitely say that so far it's a highlight of my week. Of course, he's blood of my blood, flesh of my flesh. He's like, "Hey, Dad, when we get in there, should we like pretend to sneeze on somebody?" <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, yeah, absolutely. We should. We need to do that. that. Might be insensitive at this that, point in time. Yeah, a little bit. But probably people aren't probably aren't ready. But yeah, no, Eric, I hear what you're saying. You know, there's opportunity here. There's opportunity for, to set the tone. You know, I've listened to some other other podcasts and it's like, hey, the church has a great opportunity here. We can, you know, be the light to the world. We can set the tone of choosing hope over fear. And like, no matter what comes, like, like you said, God, he knew what was coming. So on one on of those podcasts, I was hearing about um, somebody, you know, the, he mentioned how, you know, after the, um, the Israelites had come through the through the, through the desert um the, the, after the, the the red sea was parted um long long after that they were using um like dolphin skin for, for roofs remember that at all i actually hadn't ever read it i just heard like i said i was hearing it on a podcast but 
um, the idea was that they used that as a sign of God's faithfulness. So they were saying, hey, God's faithfulness of yesterday when we got to the Red Sea and we thought, all right, this is it. And then Moses parts the Red Sea and now it's, oh, wow, let's take something to remember it, which, you know, Peter may not be happy about. Hey, there's a dolphin. Let's skin it. <laughs> you know, let's How the heck did they catch it? <laughs> so, well, you know, it might have been just on the on you know when when you when you part the waters, there might have been an unlucky dolphin that was just like, hey guys, wait wait a minute, um, just kind of found himself in the middle, and then he's probably like, hey, this is great, I can still breathe, and then they're right. like, oh, let, let's skin it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it didn't end well for him. You know, we we know that what the faithfulness that God has shown us before. And, you know, if even if leaders and leaders across the board, right, government, you know, all through all the, the different levels of the government, all these other church leaders that I've listened to, all these other people, it's amazing how everybody's kind of like, this is different. This is different than what we've seen. I'm, I'm, we're kind of learning day to day. You know, I, I would agree. I feel like the the opportunity there, this is, you know, kind of the iron sharpens iron for me. I'm, I'm a, hey, let's see what comes out of this, you know, just just from a me perspective. How is this going to shape me and make me a better leader, a better person, better husband, better father, better communicator? I'm realizing that we have some poor communication habits in our house. There's ways that we can enhance those and really like, you know, instead of yelling across the room into a different room, we can like go talk to somebody or mumbling under your breath is not a mode of communication. Exactly. Seriously. It, it is for my 14 year old, but <laughs> and for me, who am I kidding? Um, um, and, you know, and also, you know, like I was saying before, really interesting to see whenever you put constraints or you put guardrails around something, what's going to change out of that and, and what kind of creativity. I mean, some of the great things that I've been seeing are some of the artists that I follow, some of these Christian artists, Paul Coleman, Christopher Williams, uh, John Foreman, um, some of these other folks that are on Broadway. It's been really amazing to see them just you know, go live and say, Hey, let me sing you guys a song. Let me play something. And so that's been really uh, soul fulfilling uh, for me, for me as well. The other thing I find interesting, and I don't know if, let me, let me put this question out to you. Have you seen it? Have you feel like, felt like you've been a little bit further along the road in a processing perspective? I know for me, one of the things that there was somebody, I was at church, um, not at church, obviously um, somebody that is, that I know at church, we were like, you know, we were ex almost like excited about what's to come next. And we were talking about how there are people that aren't quite ready for that. When you come across somebody that hasn't processed this completely and is still in the negative, you know, as well, we all we all are from time to time. Like I just go through phases where I'm like, oh, my gosh, is this really happening? But like when you come across somebody like that, how do you think that we should handle the conversation and kind of showing them the positive side? What do you think that looks like? I have a, some strong opinions about this because I'm horrible at it and because <laughs> I've learned, right? <laughs> yeah, I believe there's some dirt and some rubbing mitts. <laughs> so, so you joke, but that is really for decades. And, and it's a mantra that I learned as a kid. And it's a mantra that really served me well, right? Get tough, rub some dirt on it. There is a reality to the fact that it's as important when you lose to get back up and do it again. Hopefully better, right? Like that's an important skill. But you know what? So often in that verbiage, I have missed the opportunity to sit in it and understand it for a second first. Yeah, right. And for the people that get stuck in that, when I say get tough, rub some dirt on it, they feel condemned. Yeah. 
right? They feel judged. They feel less than like, you don't understand, dude. I can't do that. The reality is they can do that. And especially like the people that I'm thinking of that I interact with some of the most, they're incredibly smart and durable, resilient and intelligent, and they're great problem solvers. Yeah. But the reality is sometimes they process it differently yeah, than me, right. right? And so what I love about this is it's really teaching me. And I, I think I mentioned this last week, but I had a conversation with my wife where I'm like, I was talking to her about something and a lack of patience. And she's like, you got to be careful because you're making people feel judged. And she's like, I know that's not your intent because you're a big hearted guy, but... And it forced me to tamper, tamp it a little bit. And, and also it forced me to think about, you know, there is a value to mourning with those that mourn. Yeah. To sitting with them in it for a second and just acknowledging that it sucks. Like this really sucks. There's a lot of things about this. I mean, we're talking about the good things in this conversation, but there's a lot of, I should be free to go and do what I want. And I can't, there's a lot of constraint for a lot of parents. There's like, dude, I used to be able to work from home, but now it's too chaotic and I can't focus on what I need to do. There's a lot of things that are inconvenient, frustrating. And for some people who are like losing their jobs or people they know are getting sick, like there's some serious consequences, some serious complications here. And it's okay for them to be sad or upset in a different place. And if I'm further along, there is hope to be had there, but they aren't even going to hear that unless I sit with them in their stuff for a little bit. That's a, that's a great point. So step one is let me just, maybe if you realize you're moving a little bit further down the pike, like, you know, maybe, I don't know why I'm, I'm, I'm thinking at it from a numeric perspective, you know, if there's step one to step 10 and you're on step eight or nine and they're on step two, maybe you got, you come back to two and be like, yeah, Tell me about what you've missed. Tell me about the things that you missed doing and kind of let let them lean into that. Because I think honestly that some of the issues are we have so many ways to distract ourselves, Netflix, Prime, a zillion other things we can, you know, Facebook, Twitter, to distract ourselves that we don't always lean into these things that are like, hey, let me process this. You know, and as, as Christians, I know I can do that because I have Jesus and Jesus is like, man, I'm with you. I'm with you all the way through this. I will not leave you ever. I'm right next to you going through this and come with me. I will, you know, there's that, that, that saying that, you know, Oh God won't give you any more than any, than you can handle. Not true. God gives you way more than you can handle because he knows that he's with you and there's nothing that you can't handle with him. Right. Um, Sorry. I got preaching for a second. I don't know how that happened. (laughs) Like what happened? Where am I? You're not Uh, passionate at all. Well, it's it's all that video conferencing. You're a TV evangelist. You're blacked out. Seriously? Oh, do I? I'm an Do I need to ask for money now? Is that how this works? Um, <laughs> I was thinking we get sponsors for all the brand names you just mentioned. <laughs> yeah, I told them that that was bad though, so that's probably not a good thing. So, like, yeah, the people that have distractions, which is definitely a way that I deal and I cope, but there are times when I just, you just got to sit and be like, hey, let me just sit with this for a minute and let me just kind of deal with this. So that's that's Eric. That's awesome. That's good stuff. Um. Uh, Pfeiffer, Adam, what do you guys, how do you help somebody that maybe isn't, isn't along down the the line um, as far as you are? I think it just comes from positive attitude. It it just first and foremost, it's, it's, as you stated, it's an unknown venture we're, we're moving into. 
And so I don't think any of us has experienced anything like this in our lifetime, unless you're a time traveler. (laughs) Right. When I was a young, the Black Death was... In 1817, the Spanish flu was, (laughs) you know... Adam, you got to think about it. We also, we're still, you know, I I wasn't born like yesterday, although some people would say, I mean, we went through SARS. I mean, SARS was a form of that somewhat. I mean, it didn't. Yeah, but did we? I don't remember it. I heard about it. Oh, the SARS virus. Woo! You know. Well, I'm going to be a little bit of a, a jerk here. The reality is the SARS virus killed a lot of people. It didn't kill as many as this, but it also didn't get right. true. even one-tenth yeah. and, and, the and, or, or even yeah. go back a little bit, uh, a little sooner, Ebola. Yeah. That killed thousands yeah. in, in, in Africa. For, but I mean, for us, how much did it impact our day-to-day? You know? No. Um, and I think, Nothing. you know, it here it did. Except for jokes. Exactly. SNL, you know, uh, Leno probably at the time, right? But I think that that's one of the things and maybe why we're ill-prepared is that we're not used to things happening us to us in like in the U.S. Like we're not used to this kind of like, hey, now your day-to-day has changed and, you know, there's a war torn in Syria and issues over here and migrants over here and immigration over here. But it all happens somewhere else, never here. And this is going on here. And it's like, wow, I've, you know, this is there's something going on. Um, so, Adam, you're saying, you know, keep a positive attitude um, and that will help. That will kind of rub off another yeah, it, it, and, uh, well, I mean, I, I just want to say that that's a start. I mean, obviously, yeah, we know where our hope lies, but in general, a lot of people don't know that, or a lot of people you come in contact, contact with don't have that kind of relationship. So keeping that, that kind of positive attitude just brings a sense of relief to a lot of people who just, the unknown is just scary. Our first instinct is to just, what about me? What about right. me? You know, versus life has got, there's a plan, you know, and it's not that this was never unknown to God, you know, so. That's so true, man. And I think that as husbands and, and maybe even more so as fathers, that's what we do right now. We set the tone of, hey, guys, not that everything's hunky-dory and isn't this great being inside all the time kind of thing. But this is a, hey, it's all, like, we, you know, we have this, maybe not, but God has this. Let's let's keep let's find hope where we can. Let's find joy where we can and set in that tone. And uh, I think as uh, leaders of our family, at least, you know, even other areas of our of our lives where we lead, we can we can do that and set the tone and say, hey, yeah, we, we got this because, you know, what we don't need is a leader to come out and be like, oh, my gosh, this guy is falling. This is horrible. And I mean, that just sets the wrong sets you down the wrong path. So that's that's good stuff. Yeah, I like it. Fife, how about you? The, the one thing that kind of in all of the stuff we've been talking about for me is is that most people in general, and I don't mean this in a negative way, but we tend to think of self first because obviously it's the fight or flight of experience and we just sit around thinking, okay, when the attack comes upon us, what do we do? Well, the first thing we do to do is either circle our wagons or we get on the offensive and try to fight against it. One of the things that's been really big in my couple of days already into this self-quarantine is patience. I, as my wife will probably contest to, I don't have a lot of patience for a lot of things sometimes. <laughs> I, and I don't practice patience well. I am struggling because my patience always takes the back seat. And the first thing that comes to me is like, well, we either are going to solve this now or we're going to, you know, adopt uh, Eric's, you know, get tough and rub some dirt on it attitude. 
you're you're basically just like you know hey, I, I ain't got time for this you know it reminds me of that that um, yeah yeah meme that goes around I ain't got time for that you know yeah. that's kind of my you know <laughs> approach to that's it right. and it's it's a wrong wrong yeah. uh, attitude to take because everybody is coming at it at a different angle whether you're losing your job like we've talked about or you actually have someone in your life who is you know got it and and they're in a bad condition or they're an elderly person do have to protect those around me. Um, I also have to trust that God's got the bigger picture, which he does. So, you know, patience is a thing that I'm, I'm trying to practice. And it's a positive thing, because if you can be patient for somebody, then, you know, you allow God to come in and, and, and do his thing. Dude, I am so convicted right now because I have been, I think God's been, I'm pretty sure God's, God's using you to talk to me right now because Sorry. I have been, <laughs> I have been, dealing with that whole like i this is how i'm dealing with it and everybody else go away and even from a home perspective not maybe from a people perspective but i've been like with the blinders on like this is what it's like for me and i haven't been like doing a great job of talking to other people i've been trying to but like it, I, I haven't felt it it's been like yeah let me ask you how you're doing oh how you're doing well this is how i'm doing and I, I kind of I do the thing where I don't really listen to them. I just kind of wait for them to finish finish speaking. Wait for the pause. Uh, yep. Wait for the pause. Exactly. So like that's so good because and and I think you're right. You track it back to patience because patience and is key to interacting with other people because if we don't have if as Christians we don't have time for other people, then what what even are we doing? Right? Like that's all we should have time for. We should be all about other people. So that that is yeah. That's so good. That's just, that's so good, man. That's awesome. Sorry. I'll, I'll put it on a t-shirt and mug and sell yeah, it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And um, you're, you're not, you're not, uh, you, you know, you're type A and, and not patient. You mean it's all the texts that we got about the podcast? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what you're talking about, man. Like, do we have a title? What's going on? Hey, how are you going? What time are we going to do it? I, like, I don't know what you mean, but I hear you. It's like, you want to, you want to fix a problem and just sort it out and call it a day and move, move. And I think that's the other thing too, is move with your, um, move at the speed of you instead of the speed of other people, which is super hard to do, right? Like, um, because you are out and about maybe at some point you'll be in a line and there's a person ahead of you. And I always get behind the person at the grocery store that is not moving as fast as I want to go um, or somewhere else. And it's just like, what are you even doing? And why are you having a big conversation? This isn't a, you know, and uh, man, I hope that I learn to slow down when this is all over and have that moment of let's just chat for a second here and let me look around because, yeah, that's that's good stuff. So, you know, so, so for me, you know, I, I think just um, checking to see people where, where they're at. I mean, I, I think I would look at where what, what Eric said as far as, um, you know, just kind of sitting in there where they're at and realizing that. And and I think what all you guys said is, is, is how we do that. Right. It's a uh, being patient enough, being able to touch base and be like, Oh, let me, you know, instead of me talk about things, why don't you talk about it? And then really leaning into that and figuring that out. I think that's, yeah, that's, that's awesome stuff. Um, so, so yeah, thanks guys. This is, this is good stuff. I mean, I think, I think, you know, being able to choose joy and, and we know, <laughs> we know it's we know it's a choice um i don't know what that was but it sounded like joy joyful so we can leave it in um so i uh yeah so being able to train oh the gambler uh, rest in peace kenny in, yeah kenny g you gotta know when to hold them know when to fold them
Can you say Kenny G? <laughs> not not the same. No, Kenny G's still alive. I think. <laughs> Should have been you, Kenny G. Sorry. Oh, and thanks for listening to the Forefathers Podcast, where we talk about faith, fatherhood, and other f words. If you want to learn more, head over to our website at the number four fatherspodcast.com. If you'd like to help our show, make sure you give us a review on iTunes or in the podcast app of your choice. Those reviews help others find our show. And if you have any other questions or comments, you can send those to feedback at forefatherspodcast.com.